dedicated to the strength of the nation. ML Soul of Detroit. Starring M.L. Alaric. In the Magic Darkness, United States Army and United States Air Force presentation. Now here is our producer, the well-known Hollywood showman, Art Bellhauer. You asked to ride your truck, you're out of my face. It's gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You are qualified, M.L. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you you want to go right now? Hey kids, it's your old pal M.L. Elric back with another edition of M.L. Soul of Detroit. We have a couple special guests here. Mark Fellhauer, of course, is always here working the uh, the variable resistors. Is that is that what they call it? Sure. Those? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't think anybody's called it that. But Really? I don't know. Nice. Ah, that is were, what it's called, but yeah. I thought you were into all, all the, technical about it. The hip DJ lingo. Oh, here we go. And to those of you watching us on Patreon, you are always our special guests, and it's really easy to get video of this show now. You just become a Patreon level at a very modest monthly uh, donation. Two special guests here Robert Davis, who is a longtime seeker of truth and justice in uh, southeastern Michigan and beyond who uh, turned me on to a situation in Highland Park that we've been talking about since the summer. The treasure in Highland Park basically got a more or less a free house from the city of Highland Park, which is extraordinary because in Highland Park, uh, there's no money. So how are you giving people free stuff? And Robert's going to talk to us about how he got onto that story, which was the subject of my most recent on guard column for the Detroit Free Press, and perhaps our most special guest of all, joining us in studio, <laughs> Sean Windsor, who is back Why from the road. Head? No, he's uh, delighted that the Lions lost in the national uh, uh, NFC Championship game, so that he can spend a Sunday at home and and recover from the many viruses that uh, he's been suffering from, and that our listeners have noted. And have expressed concerns for Sean. They've said novenas. They've lit candles. They've worn masks while listening to the show just so Sean won't get him sick. But it's great to have you back, Sean. I've got some feedback. Uh, it's about <laughs> Al Sabaka. Are we ready for that? Um, Boy, what, you want to go home already? <laughs> we usually wait till the end of the show when you perk up oh, to do, do that. that. So Okay. So. No, it's good, to, it's good to be back. My voice isn't quite all the way back, but uh, on the men, hopefully. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like you had a little Red Bull on the way over here. So that's that's outstanding. And the other reason we're here is because of our generous sponsors. We're pleased to welcome longtime Red Shovel sponsor, the Yaldo Eye Center, back to Seoul of Detroit. Dr. Yaldo has provided many thousands of Michiganders with state-of-the-art eye procedures, giving them precise vision, both near and far, without the need for glasses, contacts, or reading glasses. You know, those readers that we keep all over the place so that we can check our phone and read menus and all that other stuff. To find out more, go to yaldoeyecenter.com and schedule your free evaluation. If you need a way to get to the Doc's place, check out Zot Ford and Holly, where they're making some great deals on some great rides. New and used, they've got it all. Check out Zot Ford and Holly, and we'll tell you more about their latest deals in a couple minutes, as well as how you can learn more about the latest procedures that Dr. Yaldo's doing. 
And if you're worried about what you're going to do with your money, stop worrying. Turn to a professional. That's Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. When you talk to Luke and his partner, Zach, they will help you come up with a strategy to put your money to work for you. So you're not watching the stock market every day like the rest of us, wondering what's going to happen with our 401k. These guys are experts in this, and we'll tell you a little later on about how they can help you sleep easily when the market is yo-yoing like a madman. You don't need to get caught up in that drama. Luke and Zach can help you get some rest, and when you wake up, hopefully you'll be a little richer for the experience. So so those oh, are our sponsors. You're saying I need to wake up? <laughs> Not just us. Yeah, we, we said that a couple minutes ago, but we appreciate oh, you. Oh, Mark was looking at me. By the way, I, I want oh, to know if... And we're off. <laughs> no, no, it was a really good column you wrote, uh, Mike, but are, is there video of you knocking on the door? Uh, yes, there is, but it's not very good video because I shot it myself with my phone. So you so. took a selfie and then uh, say, hey, are you going to pay the money back or whatever? Uh, yeah, and actually, I should have asked you, Mark, if we can play the audio of that during the show. There's a link at the at freep.com. Um, sure. Maybe we can pot that up. Um, do you miss those? Do you miss those days when you have a camera? When you used to have a camera person? Well, I and you were pounding on doors and going after people. The the first thing I was thinking is I should have borrowed Huel's selfie stick because then I could have shot the whole thing. But I think it puts people off when they're talking to you and then they're looking at a camera that you're holding over your shoulder. But I do miss, excuse me, I do miss working in television mainly because when you work with a photographer like that, you have a partner. There's a collaboration there, which is both great in terms of having someone to talk to stories about, to think about stories, to strategize about stories but to really feel that you're part of a, a team and the free press is a team like a lot of news organizations, but we rarely have that one-on-one -on -one collaboration where we're both fully invested in a story and where we can ask each other questions about why does this matter? What should we do next? What about a camera on top of your head? Like a, almost like a flashlight. If you were going down into a cave, like a, coal, a, GoPro, a, coal like a GoPro, yeah, a spelunker or something. Um, could you could you wear something on top of your head that kind of looked down? I mean, you look down on people anyway. But if the camera were doing that too, you know right. what I mean. I, I think we have a I think we have a, a cut from last week's show where Sean was saying, "No, you don't judge people in your comments." No, you <laughs> don't. You don't. No, but you don't. But can't you wear a camera we somewhere on your we shoulder, your we head, or something? Made that a, a, a drop, but uh, no, you don't judge people. You, no, I'm I'm kidding about that. But the camera, isn't there some technology that would allow you to walk up? With it on your shoulder, on your head, or something. And you can just do it with this phone. That's what people do today. No, but you don't have to hold it that way. Yeah. D don't you remember the old Al Franken routine where he had yes. the satellite dish on his head and he's coming to us from Iraq and they're yeah. like, uh, Al, can you move around a little bit because we lost the link? Yeah. That's been around a long time. And get the bell ready. When I went to go see Mayor Kilpatrick's State of the City address in 2006, good memory. I actually had uh, a. Uh, a notch cut in the lapel of my suit so that I could have a camera there that was <laughs> hidden underneath an American flag that would take video of everything that you saw. And it's a good thing that I had because when I went to go into the state of the city address, the mayor sent his police bodyguards to tell me, no, you're not going in today. And I said, well, I'm credentialed. I've got, you know, I'm on the list. And they said, not anymore. You aren't because I had written a story about the mayor's friends and family on the payroll and how they were still getting all these perks and how they weren't qualified for their jobs and they had fraudulent resumes and all this other stuff. Oh, wow. So these things are around, and a lot of times you can use hidden cameras that are the size of a, a key fob that are full color, 
They're HD. They can shoot wide what? angle. What? Why are you so, looking at me? Is this is this the uh, answer you wanted? You wanted, oh, I was, you wanted all this no, information? It's like an FBI agent at a mafia dinner, That's right? That's what he thinks. So, so yeah. So I, as a, I should as invest a in that. And one of the things that I wish we did more at the Free Press is go talk to people who won't I, talk to I'm us. I'm going to be your camera person. I'm just going to come and uh, hold the camera up so we can catch you in all your glory. Wow. Um <laughs> Where I'm not a very good shooter, I but can't, I'll, I can't I'll do tell my you best. how much confidence I'm full of now. It was I was pretty good with the confidence before, but now it's just spilling over for sure. So yeah, so Sean and I reunited, and it feels so weird. But <laughs> but let's get to Robert because Robert's Robert's the man who made this happen in Highland Park. He's been watching people in Highland Park from for a long time, going back to Art Blackwell, who was the uh, emergency manager, who said, "Hey, I love my hometown, so I'll work for free." And then decided, well, maybe I'll take $11,000 a month instead. And uh, Robert was one of the first people to be on that, too. Robert, great to have you here. It was great to see you, Hemo. So we talk a lot about people who don't follow the rules, judges, um, candidates for state office, for local office. And you found out that the treasurer of Highland Park, since 2012, has been living in a house that was built to serve the people of Highland Park, one of many homes that were built with federal funds to stabilize neighborhoods. Indeed. And she basically got a $90,000 gift from the city of Highland Park because they were told uh, she can't live in this house. She doesn't qualify. They were told to repay the state $90,000. And they told her to repay the $90,000. But then what happened? Nothing. Oh, wow. Absolutely nothing. And, and, and what, what's, what's so alarming about this story is the fact that when state and federal officials alerted city officials at that time that there were questions surrounding Ms. Bibbs' participation in the program, which is for moderate to low income, uh, she hurried up and closed on the house despite the fact that she was put on notice that they were investigating whether or not she qualified for the program. So one would think, as an ethical public official, if you receive notification from federal and state officials questioning whether or not you qualify to participate in the program, one would think you would say, hold on, let me press pause on the process of me purchasing this home until after their review is complete. Well, that didn't happen. She proceeded forward with closing on the home. Uh, was successful in purchasing the home. And then when state officials finally came back with their final review and determination, along with officials from HUD, they said, time out. Ineligible. The city needs to get this house back, or she needs to pay the city back for the home um, for in the amount of the state and federal funds that were used to reconstruct the home. And even if she, and as I, as I understand it, uh, some of the paperwork that you uncovered showed that within two days of her applying for this, they were told, you know what, she's not, she's not going to be eligible. Exactly. And that was back in 2012. I can tell you from knocking on the door last Thursday that in 2024, she is still in this home. Oh, she, she, she openly admits it. I mean, she, she on the record, under oath. Um, under questioning from Judge Haggerty and from myself, uh, she doesn't deny the fact that she still she still occupies the home. That is her residence. She's registered to vote there. She's lived there since 2012. And so the fact of the matter is, she's not hiding the fact that that is her home. 
the issue here is, is that the residents in the city of Highland Park didn't know the intimate details behind the purchase of that home and the legality behind whether or not she was eligible to purchase that home. And in fact, as you mentioned, the state and federal officials flagged not only her initially, but another city employee who at the time was the former mayor, DeAndre Wyndham's executive assistant, who also was trying to purchase one of those homes. And they told city officials at that time she was ineligible. But unlike Treasurer Bibbs, she decided not to go forward smartly uh, with the purchase of the home, considering that she was ineligible. So the the treasurer in question is Janice Taylor Bibbs. And even before this deal uh, became news, there's a question as to whether she's eligible to serve because one of the things we didn't talk about in the column this weekend that Robert uncovered is that she's been elected uh, repeatedly as treasurer long after the term limits that Highland Park voters put in place basically made her ineligible and nobody's doing anything about that. Oh, no. And I mean, in 2019, 18, actually, uh, the voters of the city of Highland Park uh, voted to amend the charter uh, to add term limits and to limit term limits to four consecutive terms, which is uh, pretty or three consecutive terms, I believe which is pretty modest. That's 12 years. Well, Treasurer Bibbs has served uh, in that position since 2000. <laughs> so she, she has served six consecutive terms as of the date of the 2022 general election. So now she is serving in her seventh consecutive term, at least until February 22nd or so. Um, and so she believed that the term limits didn't apply to her based upon her previous terms of service. She believed that going forward that the term limits would apply. Um, Judge Haggerty, who had a four-hour hearing, very deliberate, very thorough, uh, really wanted to address the House issue as compared to the term limit issue, which kind of surprised me because most judges want to take an easy exit. Yeah, the, 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 the clear line. Yeah, the clear line. Just easy, not controversial. Very simple, straightforward. And considering that there was a published precedent from the Warren case uh, from last year, I thought easily he was going to just, just go based upon the Court of Appeals decision in that case that clearly said term limits, whenever there's term limits, the previous terms of office are to apply. The Warren case being Fouts? Indeed. Is that what you're replying to? Okay. Yes. Yep. Mayor Fouts or former Mayor Fouts. And so in that case, they the Court of Appeals very thoroughly addressed the question. Same question. Do the previous terms of office count when a new term limit provision is enacted by a local community in a city charter? And they say, yes, they have to apply. So I thought he was going to take that road. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, he really lit into... Janice Bibbs and question her ethics. And I can't wait to get the transcript to get give it to you so that you can see or read firsthand for yourself what the judge actually ruled in that respect. Was she in court? She was we were all via Zoom. Yes. Oh oh so Zoom. Okay. Still yes. still doing Zoom? Still doing Zoom. What was what was her facial reaction as she mm -hmm. was getting thumped? Well, she kind of turned the camera up so you couldn't see her face. <laughs> so, oh, wow. 
I, I, I think that she may have shed a few tears because that was a real brutal lashing he gave her. Um, especially considering he said, you're talking about close to $100,000. It's not a small piece of amount of money. It's not a small change for a struggling community such as Highland Park. ML, you have, you have one part of your article I wanted to ask Robert about, too. So before it even got to this judge, you took it to the attorney general, correct? Yeah, it's a process called quo warranto. So what you do, you submit an application to the AG and say, hey, this is what I have. Uh, would you initiate quo warranto proceedings to have this elected official removed? And because I've done quite a few of them in the past. <laughs> quite know, a few. That's, that's an understanding, Robert. <laughs> I, I already know that they they don't want to get involved in local politics. So, so you're not I, surprised that she passed? No, because I, okay. I said, hurry up, deny it, so then I can okay. hurry up and initiate the proceedings. But more importantly, um, I was I mean, I was surprised by the reaction that I received from ML's great story. And I'm surprised that the AG's office has not decided to go further with it, knowing that their office, the Michigan State Housing Development Authority, was involved in it yeah. um, from yeah. the start. So, you know, I, I'm surprised that they say, okay, let's revisit that. Let's see if the, the former assistant attorney generals that, that were there handling it for Mischa is still here, or if not, let's revisit it to see if any potential criminal crimes were um, committed. Now, in fairness to the attorney general, we should note that Robert only asked them to remove uh, Janice Taylor Bibbs because of the term limits issue. He did not mention that she owed $90,000 in debt to Highland Park. So it's possible that now that they're aware of that, they may take action, and it certainly seems appropriate for them to take action or for the Wayne County prosecutor to take action for that matter. Well, you know, that's but, wishful thinking. Well, <laughs> uh, under under previous attorney generals, certainly Robert and I have both done stories or found cases that we thought were worthy of the attorney general's interest, and uh, they rarely... Uh, are interested. So this is this is a problem that's been going back many administrations and perhaps there'll be a change in this individual case. But to those of you saying, okay, Highland Park, you know, eight, nine thousand people, it's an enclave within Detroit's borders. I don't really understand that. I don't really know that much about Highland Park. I don't really care that much about Highland Park. You're trying to kick a lady out of her house. Yeah, why does why does this matter? Well well here's why it matters is because as the treasurer Janice Taylor Bibbs is supposed to collect water bills. Not real yeah. good at that. No. Now, maybe maybe that's because there are people in Highland Park who are struggling to pay their water bills. But because she hasn't done a good job as treasurer, put all the other stuff aside, Highland Park ran up a $20 million water bill with Detroit and then the Great Lakes Water Authority that is going to be resolved in part by the state providing some money, and that money is your money. So her her failure to perform well as treasurer impacts everyone in Michigan directly. When she was treasurer and Art Blackwell was writing checks to pay himself for a job that he said he would do for free, those checks go through the treasurer's office. Janice Taylor Bibbs, who Robert uh, established through a deposition where she had to answer questions under oath, was a classmate of Art Blackwell's. Now, we don't know if that influenced her vigilance, but while she was there, mm. someone stole a quarter million dollars from Highland Park that they weren't entitled to. Hmm. So Ms. Bibbs 
was sleeping soundly in her nice house and she was sleeping soundly on the taxpayers of Highland Park. And then when she's told you got to pay this $90,000 back, when Highland Park doesn't have any money, Highland Park looks for help from other places, as many municipalities who are struggling do. So the $90,000 that Highland Park ultimately paid back to the Michigan State Housing Development Authority for this, this house that it built, when they can't get that $90,000 back from Janice Taylor Bibbs, they get it back from the people of Highland Park who are already stretched pretty thin, and they get it back from you and me. So while this may seem like a very small deal in a very small enclave, everybody in the state of Michigan, and really since it's federal dollars, I guess everybody within the United States, is going to get a little bit of a bite put on them by Ms. Bibbs. And Ms. Bibbs, I don't know, Mark, if we have that sound ready, yeah, doesn't seem to care that much about it. At least that was my finding when I went to go see her last Thursday. Hi, is Ms. Bibb home? Hi, I'm M.L. Elric with the Detroit Free Press. And I'm, I'm, writing a, I'm writing about the lawsuit. So are you going to pay Highland Park back? No comment. Do you understand you owe Highland Park $90,000? Are you going to pay it back? There's a lot of no comments there. That's uh, Well, when, when you introduce yourself and you get a no comment from the beginning, that's kind of a bad <laughs> sign. Yeah. Did she close the door in your face? Uh, she never opened it, which is why it was kind of hard to hear. It a very, I will say this. It's a very lovely house. It is, yeah. There's a nice picture of it. Made available to her. And, um, and to that point, Robert, how many people, do you feel like people in Highland Park know that this is going on? In, or are they just unaware, do not care? Because like, I always find that to be you know, the rank and file. People are just going through their lives. Do they really know how? No, they don't. And, and that's the, the irony of it. Is is that you know every day? I mean, people are working hard every day just to make ends meet, so they don't have time to do the things that I've been accustomed to doing since I was an intern at the Detroit News. I've always called you. I've always called you uh, Mr. Open Records. You're constantly (laughs) filing. You want every open meetings? Yeah, that's. I I, I learned that. I'm glad you do. I learned that at the Detroit News as a as a summer intern way back when from '97, Um, but they don't have time to really investigate. And so when you look at situations, what really got me really involved in this was that when I got a copy of the city council resolution that the members of the city council approved, authorizing the repayment of the 90000 to Mr. and then requiring Ms. Bibbs to repay the city, I noticed right off the bat that they were trying to not expose who she was. Hmm. So in the resolution, they don't identify her specifically by name. They simply say a city employee. And you say, wait a minute, why would you not specifically identify her by name if you're not complicit in trying to cover this up or do her a favor? Protect her, yeah. Exactly. And so when that, when I read that, my red flag instantly went up. And I said, there's more to this situation that meets the eye because if there was everything was on the up and up, you would not have a problem with identifying her by name. And so as you dig, as I dig deeper and discovered there was a multitude of communications back and forth, Mr. and HUD specifically identified her by name in all communications. The city attorney at that time, Todd Perkins filed an appeal on her behalf, trying to get her, 
trying to validate the city's improper decision to allow her to purchase the home. So I'm saying if all of this communication was going back and forth, identifying her by name, why could the resolution authorized by the Highland Park City Council not only identify her by name? So, I mean, it's it raised a lot of questions. And so it's just shameful that this has occurred. Uh, I like Miss Bibbs. I don't have any animus against her at all. I don't see her as a political adversary. Um, she's been kind in the past. and well, That's fine. She's as bad at her job, though. Well, I, I, I don't disagree there, but I, I, I just think that the way in which ML laid out the story was very important because they needed to know the intimate details yeah. behind her removal from office. The other thing about this is, and we didn't get into this in the column, but it appears the city spent considerable funds to try and keep her in this house. So we should maybe back up a minute. The neighborhood stabilization program, who are these homes supposed to be for, Robert? It was moderate to middle income. So the home in which they built, the home, I mean, it's about 20 or 30 homes in the neighborhood that they built. They're very nice. Yeah, they're nice. And so basically, it allows individuals, low-income individuals, to buy a $90,000 home for basically $40,000 for half the price. And so it benefits the community in terms of building up the tax base and making people first-time home buyers. So it's a great program. And one thing I have to commend the state official at MISTA and HUD is for their thoroughness and their, their due diligence because this could have easily went under the rug without them even doing a very thorough investigation as to each applicant for the program. I mean, very easily. And so for them to have done their due diligence, their thorough investigation prior to the homes being sold, I commend them for that. Um, but I just feel that I would think if I was Ms. Bibbs, after I was informed that I wasn't eligible, I would have done the right thing and just said, listen, I got to sell the home. As the judge, as Judge Haggerty clearly told her on the record, said, let me tell you, you need to sell this house. And from the proceeds, give it back to the city. And one of the other things that we didn't discuss is the fact that the city, in an effort to try to cover its tracks, they filed a list pendant against the property that at 32 Midland that where she lives. But the only way in which you can collect on that lien is if she sells the home. Hmm. <laughs> now, without, without actively taking any court action to try to recover those funds. And certainly they can do that, just, like, just as they tried to do against a developer who developed the properties on behalf of Mischa, which was questionable to me because why are you trying to sue the developer and try to blame him for her getting the home? Because you don't know the developer. <laughs> it's just that simple. It really is. Yeah, and and, and there, I think the city's argument there was that the uh, the developer told people like Ms. Bibbs they were eligible, and since they were wrong, then they are somehow responsible for this. But but the fact of the matter is, this is a house that should have been avail made available to somebody who wanted to stay in Highland Park or move to Highland Park and raise their family in Highland Park. Ms. Bibbs was already in Highland Park. Ms. Bibbs already had a job. Ms. Bibbs was living someplace. So this really turned into Not an what the program's for, period. Yeah, this turned into an opportunity for somebody in City Hall to get a sweet deal when they got caught, first by, by the state and federal officials, and then by Robert. Nobody's done anything to try and make her 
live up to her obligation. Well, this is yet another example of somebody putting self-service before public service, and it's outrageous, and there's no one trying to hold, no one who has the responsibility to hold people responsible, holding them responsible, starting with Ms. Bibbs, whose job is to collect debts owed to Highland Park, and she owes Highland Park $90,000. Can you serve the public if you don't take care of yourself first? No. <laughs> huh. That's the saying, right? You got to love yourself before you can love others. Yeah, you, you put your mask on before you put your kid's mask on I mean, when I the plane's going down. I don't, uh, I don't love myself, but that's what I'm told <laughs> is that you got to love yourself before you love others. So the judge, you know, she's she's done. She has to clear out her office in like two weeks. Um, what are the odds, Robert, you think she leaves the house? What are the odds that she leaves the house? Yeah. Zero. Um, it was going to be interesting is to see whether or not the current city officials, the current mayor, the current city attorney take proactive actions to collect on it. Do you think they will? Well, I'm hopeful. Um, and, but do you and, think and, they and, will? And certainly, <laughs> and certainly, ML's article is is was very helpful in turning up the heat. And the judge's stern words during the hearing. I mean, I I can't wait to get the transcript from this hearing. And if 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 once you read what he had to say, if I was Janice Bibbs, I would be very concerned. And if I was a city official, I'd be very concerned because certainly, if they don't take action. In the next month or so, I'm going back before Judge Haggerty and say, listen, you have to make them do something here. You, it's already been proven on the record that they can't collect from the developer. It's a defunct LLC now. You can't collect from the developer. That cover is gone. The only person that's responsible based upon the city's own resolution, they didn't say we're going to repay this money on behalf of the developer. The resolution clearly states we're repaying this money on behalf of Janice Taylor Bibbs, who then has to repay the city. So she needs to be responsible and enter into some type of payment arrangement to begin to repay the city. The other thing is, even if the city got the money back from the developer, Ms. Bibbs has still had the benefit of this house that she wasn't entitled to. A family that could have this lovely house can't have the use of this lovely house. And so the idea that you're stabilizing the neighborhood by encouraging someone to stay in Highland Park, it's completely defeated when you give it to the city treasurer. So this goes beyond whether or not she she pays the $90,000. I think that's all she's obligated to do under this thing that the city has uh, entered into in 2019. By the way, the mayor of Highland Park was on city council in 2019 when this resolution passed and Robert deposed her as well and said, well, you knew about this, right? She's like, yeah, I kind of knew about this. Well, what have you done about this? Uh, yeah, kind of nothing. But so now you have this treasures lived for over a decade, more or less rent free. I mean, the, the, the outrage, it just, we could go on and on and on, but this is something where somebody other than Robert, who's pursued this case on his own time and his own dime has got to bring some accountability. And we talk about people in government being mad that, oh, people don't have faith in government anymore. They don't trust anymore. It's like, well, because you're not doing your job. That's why. You want to complain about why we don't trust you and don't believe you anymore. Then do what you told us you were going to do. Do what you swore you would do. And maybe we'll give you the benefit of the doubt instead of the benefit of a free house. Indeed. I mean, I, I, I couldn't say it more profoundly. I just can't understand the optics from the outside. 
why would you as an insider, as an elected official of the city for many years, want to take advantage of this program that was intended, as you indicated? Because you didn't think you'd get caught. Well, you knew your friends would let you <laughs> off the hook. Yeah. Well, well that's a, that is a very good point. And I think that that is why she was very arrogant in her defense to yeah. say, no, I don't think I owe anything. No, I haven't pay, repaid anything. I don't, I don't think it was my fault, basically. Yeah. Robert, you fascinate me because, I mean, you're constantly filing things. Where, where do you find the time? And, I mean, do you <laughs> – I don't know. You're constantly fighting battles that when I look at, you know, there's the one with the judges and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> how, how the energy and the time it must take to wage that battle where I feel, you know, it feels very, um, was it Sisyphus who's rolling the rock up the, the mountain? That was him. Yeah. It, Sisyphean. I, I, I can honestly say I, I developed that net when I started working at the Detroit News and I had uh, Luther Keith whom I have very profound respect for. Um, I, I looked as a mentor when I was pursuing a journalism career. And I learned um, from a very interesting journalist at the Detroit News by the name of George Hunter. Oh, I love George. And, and George Hunter used to be very persistent in terms of foiling documents from police departments, following up leads, and he had the most interesting um, sources. And... Learning that skill is very important in terms of having um, government oversight. And since that time, really, since I was 17, uh, I really enjoy trying to dig deeper in terms of what's really going on in government and then seeing the work of ML um, and, and, his, and his Pulitzer Prize winner colleague. Oh, uh, Jim Schaefer. <laughs> he did all the work. I took all the credit. <laughs> And, you know, this is the type of work that goes, you know, unnoticed. And government officials haven't been one. Um, oftentimes, you know, we know that people don't pay attention to detail. They don't come to every meeting. And oftentimes you have to dig deeper in order to know what's truly going on. And I, I get my energy from the fact that I'm just a tenacious person like that. And I hate when people be – I just – I don't want to call them hypocrites, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of individuals who say one thing and do another. There are some people listening who are going to say that that you may be a hypocrite because you had your own you had your own stumble, mm -hmm. and you were caught up in uh, a matter with Highland Park Public Schools. I was where you took some funds that weren't available to you or weren't you weren't entitled to. I'm, I'm giving you the very very simple version of it. If I'm missing something, straighten me out here. But one of the things that I heard after the, the story uh, appeared was, you know, well, you, Robert holds everybody else accountable. Is Robert paying his restitution? W what do you say to those folks? I, I say to those individuals is that I learned from my mistake, and I don't hide from it. And I, I made judgments in the past in which, looking back on it, is that being young, immature, and um, ambitious, uh, I... I took advantage of situations where individuals who were rewarded uh, from the Highland Park School District tried to reward me, and I admitted I was wrong. And to those individuals who always questioned, oh, you owe the school district, I pay my restitution every single month, and I will continue to do that. Not only that, not only do I pay my restitution every single month, I don't think I would be able to get 
an income tax return for the next 20 years in order to pay my restitution. Uh, so for those individuals who don't know that, um, please know that I have paid and will continue to pay uh, my criminal restitution that I owe. And um, I, I, I own up to everything in which I did. Do you feel that experience has changed the way you go after these cases? I think some people get in trouble, just kind of want to go away. They're like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. But you just, you just keep going. No, because I'm a very authentic person. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, having gone through what I went through, it really, I can identify very easily when something is shady, easily that most people who have never gone through that experience before uh, or gone through anything like that, like a criminal investigation with the federal government. And knowing that how people are able to get away with it. And I, when I first got back, and I think um, your colleague, uh, uh, I always forget her name, but she used to work for On Detroit. Um, she did an article uh, with me in terms of um, getting my advice when DPS was going through their public scandal. And I said that the biggest thing that they could do is truly be observant to the little things because it's, it's those little things that pass through that people don't pay attention to or get attention. And as a person who's on a particular beat, be it a journalist or just a citizen, just doing regular FOIA requests will help because that's not typically done. You know, when government officials get a FOIA request, they, they get all defensive and get all angry. So why are you asking for this information? Well, I'm asking for this information because it's supposed to be readily accessible. And so when you when I look at certain uh, projects that I'm continuing to work on, as you mentioned, with the judges, that really has pissed me off mm. to know that you have judges doing unethical things. Not only just doing unethical things to stay on the ballot, but then trying to retaliate against a person for trying to enforce the law. That is really, that really gets under my skin because here you are sitting in judgment of other people. Who writes the rules? <laughs> you sit I mean, in judgment really... of other people and then you're doing the same unethical practices yeah, that course. you're trying to scold other people for. How many, uh, how many lawsuits do you estimate that you've filed against public officials in totality? A whole lot. You don't have a number? <laughs> I don't have a number. <laughs> what, uh, what do you consider to be some of your big victories? Even though the judges were not removed from the ballot, let me tell you what that lawsuit has done. And you, we're talking about Wayne County. Wayne now. County. Mm -hmm. You have had the Michigan Judges Association trying to change the law. You have had the legislature change quo warranto proceedings as it relates to judges. You have had the Michigan Supreme Court considering changes to the Michigan court rules based upon this one case. And most people don't realize the hell that I've gone through as a result of that particular litigation. But I consider that a big one. Okay. The other one was dealing with the Wayne County Airport Authority. Oh, yeah. Tequila Mullen. Mullen, yep. Uh, I, I love that case and what that opened up. I, I truly love the Blackwell case um, in which I, I, I think ML, even though I had to 
beg him for nearly a year to do a story on it. <laughs> uh oh, now everybody, everybody's getting a reckoning here. Um, and there was I, I was a, busy with other injustices. Oh uh, yeah, you were you were busy with <laughs> with, with, with with Kwame, and the who the, was good friends with Art Blackwell, by the way. <laughs> and the the other case that many people don't even realize is when I got three members of the Highland Park Board of Education removed from office because they didn't live in the city. Hmm. And that became a published opinion. Um, so it's, it's, it's a number. Oh, I forgot. The, the city of Detroit case uh, dealing with the, uh, which was the FOIA case, which was the dealing with the search warrants in which Mayor Duggan did not want to relinquish as to how um, Jocelyn Benson's husband tried to oh, cover yeah. up yep. the, uh, affair. the mm -hmm. affair with uh, his new wife. So those are some of the big ones. Yeah, that was a huge one. He <laughs> so, also made Duggan write, be a writing candidate. Oh, yeah, too. for yeah. us. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the Mac Daddy right there. there. I, I, I forget. I mean, I, that, that case, I, I have to give kudos there are a number of judges in Wayne County that are very ethical. But there is a reason why Wayne County Circuit Court statewide does not have much respect from other jurors. Because they think justice down in Wayne County is corrupt, political, and in some instances it is. I, I, I've experienced it firsthand. But that case, Judge Lita Popke, who's now retired from the bench, had courage to follow the law. No one, I don't even think you even thought, ML, <laughs> that she would remove Mike Duggan, the leading candidate, from the ballot for essentially filing too early because he, he wasn't a resident for a year at the time in which he filed for office. Mm -hmm. And the local city charter says, if you, you're only eligible if you've been here a year. And she followed the rule of law. And then the Court of Appeals turned right around and a very thorough published opinion affirmed her decision. And unfortunately, I don't know how many, I, I don't know how Duggan got people to write his name in, but uh, I don't think that was legit. But that case truly gave me confidence in the judiciary here in Wayne County. And, and Charles Hagerty, who was the judge in the Wayne County, in the Highland Park case, also made a pretty clear-eyed and firm decision where he didn't, didn't try and find a way to let people off the hook. Uh, Robert, before we let you go, what do you want to happen next in this case? Well, what I would like to happen is that Ms. Bibbs is held accountable, not only with the removal from office, and it's going to be interesting to see whether or not she tries to appeal this decision, which I don't think there's a legal basis for her to appeal because Judge Haggerty was very thorough and meticulous, and the facts are very clear. She's in default to the city of Highland Park to the tune of $90,000. She was in default at the time she filed for office. She remains in default, Un undeniable. And so now it's going to be interesting to see now that it's out there in the public domain, everyone knows the facts of this case, to see whether or not the current city leaders and officials are going to take any affirmative actions to collect on this debt. They have a city council meeting tonight. Oh, and I know that this topic is going to be uh, discussed. So it's going to be interesting to see what the conversation will lead to. And certainly if nothing happens within a month or so, 
I'm going to be very diligent in following up. I think the judge has given the treasurer until the 22nd of February to vacate office. So we'll let you know whether that happens. And we'll let you know what Robert's next move, if he ends up having to be the person who forces public officials, elected officials in Highland Park to do the job that they were sworn to do. So, Robert, thanks for keeping your eye Wait, out. I, I got one sure. more, oh, I got oh, one oh, more very important question. Um, do you still hold the re uh, rebound record? Oh, you man, you you're you're very. <laughs> I, 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 I can certainly, read. I, I I certainly do. I, I don't think what, no what, one. What records did you hold? It was at U of M. Uh, U of M. Dearborn. Yep. At, uh, Is that the at, Wolves? Yeah, that's the Wolves. Uh, at at that time, I, I don't think my record would ever be broken. Um, <laughs> during that year, I I think I averaged between eighteen and twenty rebounds a game. <laughs> How many and bad I, shooters were on your team? <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, and uh, I was like one or two in the nation in, in, in rebounding at that time. But I, I don't think that record would ever That's be broken. Crazy. But my, my, my son is, is a far greater basketball player than I am. He's doing well out at UMass his freshman year. Really? And uh, he's, 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 he's a shooter, not a rebounder. Um, but hey, there's, uh, there's no rebounds without the shooters. <laughs> where, do you, where do you play high school? I played at Renaissance High School. And what about your son? My son played at. Uh, U of D then Farmerton. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. I've been in the gym at U of M Dearborn. My son played uh, uh, there against U of M Dearborn. Oh, okay. How many what, rebounds did he have? <laughs> no, not many. But he was. A, he, he put those a, shots up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he's a shooter. <laughs> awesome. What, what, school, what, what, what college did he go to? He was, it was at a junior college. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... They came in and yeah, it was fun. I like that gym though. It's fun. Yeah, it's 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 modernized quite a bit since the time we were there. <laughs> so UMass, do they still have big pictures of Calipari there? Oh, he's he has a statue, man. He's, I mean, he he's a god at UMass. Right? I'm sure he is. He's, he's, I, mean, I remember those Marcus Camby <laughs> teams, uh, Final Four teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah, wasn't it Final Four? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Epic battles with uh, with Temple. Yeah. Oh, do you remember when John Cheney came into his press? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Classic. <laughs> he was, yeah. We were discussing we're that when we were walking in. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was always with Cheney on that stuff. I don't like Calipari, but uh, but UMass, great great school. Oh, I, great, I mean, great basketball facility, great coaching staff, and uh, my son is having a great time. I mean, they play tomorrow against St. Bonaventure, so I'm going to be watching. Bonnie's, yeah. Do you get yeah. to uh, do you get to a couple of games? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's been keeping me busy. I mean, they just played uh, Loyola, Chicago. Drove down, drove back, and then I'm going to be going out there next week when they go to home home. It's fun, isn't it? It's, oh, it is, it's, it's, it's exciting like to it. see his hard work paying off. It's really nothing like yeah when you're watching your kid. My son is coaching now, so. I go to the games to watch him coach. It's just actually just as fun, and if not more fun than watching him play. Is he like Bobby Knight on the sidelines? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, he's coaching at the high school level, and yeah, no, it's it's fun. That's one thing about the Lions losing. I was sad, despite what Mike said. I want to see this area gets experience the Super Bowl. But the flip side for me personally was that I got to go to. I was at a basketball game last night. I got two more this week. So. Oh, that's, that's awesome! So I, yeah, I'll make that trade. So before I leave, what happened to the Lions? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Mark will tell you what happened to the Lions. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> choked. Choke. Uh, I don't think well, it's a choke necessarily. You know, is is Jameer Gibbs running the wrong way a choke? Yeah, that it's a definition no, it's of a choke, just, man. What no, are you talking about? It's a mistake. Oh, okay, you call it a mistake, I'll call it a choke. It's a mistake that happens throughout the game. Just that one led to a fumble. It's just it's, sometimes it's just that. I know way. it happens, but that's drop still, balls. I mean Reynolds drop balls. Not, that's choking. Reynolds not looking the ball in, not kicking field goals. 
I don't, I don't know if that's that a choke. Much, yeah, yeah I, I'm okay with that. That's that's just that's what got him there. But Sean, you were at the press conference the other day with Brad Holmes, right? Yes, I was yesterday. Have you yeah. ever been to a postseason press conference like that? No, not from a general manager. Sometimes you know, coaches are are more like that, or sometimes players. But but a general manager to come in and and just unprompted start calling people out. Well, you thought we should have taken a quarterback, and you questioned <laughs> if if Atu Malafonwu. What's he doing now, right? How about Panay Sewell? You wanted us to take a playmaker with that pick. Well, you know, he's the best tackle in football, right? So, but he, no, he came in just on fire. And then he said, I have a message for, it was like Denzel Washington. And uh, what was the, uh, I'm putting out. Uh, oh, training day. Training, training day. day. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put cases on all, all you. Kong's <laughs> got nothing on me. You, yeah, all you motherfuckers or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Brad Holmes made me, it made me think of that yesterday when he was. And he was like, and this isn't a cute story. This isn't a one-off. We are here. And uh, when we draft, it's it's intentional. You know, we're not drafting to win the offseason. We're drafting to win in December. He did, And this was just unprompted. It was unbelievable. Is he uh, normally like that? I mean, no, that sounds very defensive no. for a guy who could be executive no, of the year. No, he's confident, but uh, he was executive of the year. He, he's confident, but he, I've never seen him quite like that. He, he wasn't It wasn't petty or, or he wasn't angry. It was just... He was just like, hey, we're here, and we're not going anywhere. Was there anything that may have precipitated like that? Did somebody write something? Just Did, did Carlos? Was no, this Carlos? I think it, no, he did He did call Carlos out, but he did. Ah! And Dave <laughs> Burkett. Oh. But wow. uh, no. And, and I know you, you really like one of those guys. No, yeah, I do. <laughs> 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 no, I think it's just he's seen uh, some of the – talk or heard some of the talk last couple of weeks that maybe this was a one-off because the last time it happened it didn't happen again for 30 years well that's what you so, get when you're the lions right so he's yeah he's but just, even he's even just campbell back said that. we might not be back after yeah, the but, game but, but I mean, in a different in a different campbell said hey i told the guy yeah okay this might be our shot but do i believe that no yeah i don't believe that yeah. but no only Izzo calls uh sean out that's uh <laughs> do you remember that sean no what do you do He's using when you were you were diagramming a play. He says, "Well, it sounds like somebody should be coaching high school basketball." Remember that? (laughs) (laughs) It was good natured, but that was funny. Oh, that was at the uh, that was at a tournament game. Yeah, what what was it? You it was something you were breaking down a play. I was asking him about something. Oh, it had to do with Max Christie, who had been struggling, and I think he had a good game. And I was asking about a couple of sets or something, and yeah, and he knows that I coach AAU for a while. Oh, you did? Yeah, low level, not like. Not like guys like your son. Did you send anyone to the pros? <laughs> no, the the my best players were D two players. That's impressive. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, every now and again, we'd get on a court with the team we didn't belong on a court with. You know, when uh, when Izzo and those caliber coaches would be sitting on the sideline, and my kids would just go, they'd get anyway. Yeah, all of a sudden we're getting dunked on all over the place. <laughs> well, it's just a. Happens. I mean, we had kids that could dunk too, but it's just a different. There are levels. Right. There yeah, are levels. Yeah. You, you know what? At my, my son played with Jane Akins in high school. And um, it's just to see his struggles a little bit. I, I just he's a he's a great far better shooter than what he's being allowed to do at Michigan State. Oh, he, he, looked, he, shot he looked well great against, against U of M. Uh, Everyone looks great against yeah, U of M. No, no, I, I mean he was saying much. He was lights <laughs> out, but then he was he wasn't so good against Maryland on Saturday. <laughs> Inconsistent. Yeah. yeah, I liked. Uh, I I saw he can play when I was in high school, and yeah, it was my son played against Gabe Brown at one point, mm-hmm. and uh, and Foster Lawyer. Oh, uh, 
he's a few years ago. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but, well, Robert, uh, thanks, thanks for coming in. We can't wait to see what you get up to next. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for the invitation. No, it's great, and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to thank a couple of our sponsors. Now, we told you earlier how Doctor Yaldo could help you, uh, and I can speak from personal experience about how LASIK is a game changer. I play a lot of sports, and I got sick of getting uh, eye infections, cysts on my eyelids, yucky stuff that you get from taking your contacts in and out all the time. And, and it's just a, it's a drag to play sports and have your contacts sliding around and whatever activity you like to do where you want to have clear vision. Well, my LASIK came 15 years ago, and I still have 2015 vision. That's my far vision, which means I see better than 2020. Somehow I still end up putting those bricks up that Robert would be grabbing and, <laughs> and other people who uh, say, stop shooting, just pass the ball. And I like, I, I, I can make this coach. I can make it. Anyway, Dr. Yaldo can hook you up with custom LASIK, which is the best there is so that you can have perfect vision, even if you might not have a perfect shot. The problem I encountered in my fifties was that my near vision started to go, which is why if you're at a restaurant with me, you'll see my phone come out. Oh, so I how can, embarrassing put the light on to the menu, and then the really good-looking young waitress says, uh, you should be here at 4 o'clock for our blue plate special <laughs> with all the other geezers. And I say, I'll just take the soft food, please. It happens to everybody, though, because normal aging causes your eyes to get less light, and you can't read as well. Dr. Yaldo understands the science. I just know that it sucks. So we begin to rely on reading glasses, and they can be an endless frustration the great news is that Dr. Yalo has the perfect answer, and that's bifocal implants. These lenses are a revelation, precise up-close vision, and faraway vision that won't change for the rest of your life. You'll see the small stuff on your phone again, and for the rest of your life, no new prescriptions, glasses, contacts, or those annoying readers. Throw them all in the trash. This is life-changing stuff, folks. Get a free evaluation and let Dr. Yaldo explain it. He'll explain it way better than I will. He'll demonstrate it, and in 2024 and for the rest of your life, you'll see more clearly than you ever have before. Call Dr. Yaldo at 1-800-308-EYES or go to YaldoEyeCenter.com. And when you go, make sure that they know that ML sent you. We're also excited to announce that after a hiatus, our great friends over at Zot, Ford, and Holly are back on the podcast sponsoring us and the Drew and Mike show. They sponsor all the Red Shovel Network shows, and they're ready to make automotive magic for you, our loyal listeners. That's because Steve Gabara and the gang at Zot, Ford take pride in making buying and leasing simple, fun, fast, easy, and affordable. Speaking of affordable, go lease a new 2023 Ford Escape or a 2024 Ford Edge for under 200 bucks a month. How about leasing a new 2023 Ford Bronco Sport? That's the one everybody wants, including my wife. The Explorer or the Ford F-150 Super Cab for around 300 bucks a month. Plus, Zot Ford has 0% financing and rebates that can put up to 10 grand in your pocket. To top it off, Gabara bought so many Girl Scout cookies from Mark Fellhauer's daughter, which Yay. I need to buy some before I leave. Too today. late. What? The sale's closed? I don't know. Maybe for you, though. I'll okay. open it back up. Maybe I'll just get Gabardo. Charge twice as much. Why didn't you just what? bring cookies in? We would have bought them. What? Yeah, good point, Sean. Why can't you just order? It's Finally. a surprise. Sean to the rescue. Anyways, Gabara like bought so many. I like to do everything so on the up and up, especially with Robert here, man. If you oh. want some of Charlotte's cookies, you can go to Zotford and <laughs> get a free box. Robert will box you out. Exactly. So get details on this and all the great deals and 
check out their delicious inventory at dealsinthed.com. That's dealsinthed.com. And when you go, let them know that ML sent you. Mark, what, what, what can uh, Luke and Zach do for folks? Oh, Luke and Zach can make sure that uh, your money is making money for you. Everyone always puts it off till next year. Well, it's February. It is next year. So give them a call. Make sure you're economically prepared. Uh, do you want to be in stocks or bonds? Have your money work for you. Luke and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth. Free consultation at this number, 248-663-4748. Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke and Zach... They'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Bonaic Wealth. Sync member FINRASIPC Bonaic Wealth. Sync is separately owned, and other entities and/or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent. Bonaic Wealth. Inc. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek, or we're turning into cool guys? This is a simple one, folks. My geek of the week is the mayor of Highland Park. Glenda McDonald's <laughs> did not return messages when I called last week to explain to the good people of Highland Park what plan they have to replace their treasurer, what plan they have to get back that $90,000 that they haven't made any effort to collect, and how they're going to make this house available to people who deserve it. When we talk about $90,000, maybe that sounds like a small amount of money. It certainly doesn't sound like that to me, but let me tell you what it means in Highland Park. That's probably enough to hire two cops. And when you say two cops, what's two cops in Highland Park? Well, you know, at one point, Highland Park had no cops. That's right, no police force. And for a while, they had Wayne County Sheriff's deputies patrolling Highland Park. And for a while, they didn't have anybody patrolling Highland Park. So when you talk about what $90,000 can do, it can do a lot everywhere. But in Highland Park, it can do a ton. So Mayor McDonald for... More like Mayor McCheese. I mean, you know, where's your authority? Where's your where's your gravitas for not answering questions and for not doing your job and for not having a plan to reassure confidence in the good people of Highland Park who have come to be disappointed by their city officials and have yet another sad chapter in that never-ending saga. You are my geek of the week. <laughs> Last year we made you a promise that in Room 7609 we won't just exclusively play deep cuts from new wave bands or introduce you to bands that you never heard of before but may become your new favorite. But we also made a threat, or maybe we didn't make a threat, maybe I'm making it now, that if you do not give us some great nominations, along with some great stories about why you like that band or that song, I will continue to impose Uh new wave gold upon you. Did you hear that, Sean? Jeez. I did. And because I know Sean hates the pretenders. Love the pretenders. Oh, I got that wrong, too. Here's the pretenders and Chrissy Hind with Let the Sun Come In. Sails. 
So who says new wave music is is passe? That's that's Everyone. actually a new single from the Pretenders, and I love that chorus. We don't have to get fat. We don't have to get old. We don't have information that we have to withhold. That's pretty. That's a pretty good. It's uh, a pretty good hook. I liked it a lot, but I, you know, I've always loved Chrissy Hines' voice. I think she's got the best female voice in rock music. Um, and she doesn't have to worry about getting fat. I think she probably <laughs> still weighs about eight pounds. It drives me nuts. I had no idea they had a new album. Like, you just don't hear that on the radio anymore because you hear the same drivel over and over and over. How did you find out about it? So there is one subscription service that I've done without in the past, and, and now that I've re-upped it, I don't know how I survived, and I'll never survive without it again. It's quite a buildup. You get to it. Sirius XM, <laughs> man. I mean, really? This was uh, this was on the Deep Track station, which I think is three hundred one. But you know, I kind of toggle through there, and I heard this, and I was like, "God, I, I love I love the Pretenders, but this sounds different." But it, it does, you know, it does sound like Chrissy Hine, and it does have that that kind of rock guitar that's not uh, overproduced, or you know, I mean, it it yeah. just. I was like, "Wow, I got to, I got to, uh, I got to save this." Yeah, nice song, nice voice. You know, maybe not so much the breakdown of the song. You heard that over the uh, over over the streaming service that you can't do without. Would you call me a jerk? Why do you call me a jerk? Because you hate the show that you're on. No, I don't. But I did see. uh, We finally play a band that he likes, and there's still a problem. (laughs) No, no, I, I, yeah, I love the pretend. He's just being a dick. No, I saw the 2024 Grammy Awards recap. Gary Graff joins us with Rock News. King Charles has cancer and getting fired on TikTok trend. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, that was the Drew and Mike show yesterday. Thanks for listening. Feel free to download it anywhere. uh, Nice downloads can be found. Fired on TikTok trend. That's interesting. What do you mean? I feel like you have more to say about this. No, I don't. I, I, it, what, what does that mean? Does that mean people are? Well, it was okay. Uh, yes, filming themselves getting fired. You got it. Yeah, and it really exploded with a woman who worked for Cloudflare. Uh, she was an account representative. She sales for Cloudflare, and she rec- she knew that these uh, layoffs were going around the office, so she was prepared. And as soon as the Zoom meeting, they did you know remotely and over camera. She filmed herself and her angle. And I found it interesting because, you know, people only heard her side of the story, right? You know, and that's fine because everybody hates corporations, right? Corporations are right. evil, they're faceless. Um, but if you watch the whole video, the HR uh, head and the manager that has to do the firing, I thought were very, very calm and factual with her. And her whole thing is stating her case as to why she shouldn't be laid off. I feel bad for her for being laid off, but after about three minutes, she's not listening to what they're saying. And she's playing entirely to this camera because she knows she can get TikTok clout off of it. And if you look at her TikTok, every video afterwards is feeding off that. So it's like, how, how genuine is it? Well, that's good. I'll listen to that. That's, no, you uh, won't. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's interesting. I wonder how. What do you mean I don't love this show? Sorry, Mike. I love I love you guys. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. Come on. You just hate the pretenders. No, I love the pretenders. I love you guys. Yeah, Robert was cool. I was reading about that song and that album. Sorry to go back to the the music there, Sean. Um, but uh, Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead apparently uh, produced one of the songs. So hey, I'm, I'm totally, there I'm you go. Totally in. There I'm all go. in on it, and I love the pretenders. Unlike Sean. Yeah. Can we play the dramatics? <laughs> <laughs> yes, next, just give us a song week, to play. We're ne- still waiting for you to get Robert Black. What you see is what you uh, get. Black bottom surprise. I want to hear the, the dramatics. What you see is what you get. 
Well, how about next week? Tell us before the show, not at the end of the show after the song. Hey, I brought in the Tame Apollo song that you guys liked. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, you're on the hook for next week. And if there's nothing, there'll be dead air for three minutes. Didn't we play like 20 seconds of the Tame Impala song and say, this thing is getting kind of old? And you're like, I didn't listen to it all the way through. <laughs> was, was, that the, was that the Tame Impala song? I don't remember. <laughs> that sounds like him. Yeah. I prefer the I prefer the Rabid Windsors to the Tame Impalas. Although Tame Impala is actually pretty good. <laughs> They're a really good band. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to drag them into this. Um, anyways, if you... Uh, sorry. If, if you're enjoying the show, but you want to have... Don't be sorry. You're laughing. You want to have a more intimate engagement with it us. It only took you an hour, but you're laughing. Don't be sorry. Please send us your 70, <laughs> 7609 Sorry. suggestion. It can be any band from any era, any genre. It just has to be something that people might not be as familiar with, and it has to have a good story with it, either a story about the song, the band, or why it means something special to you. And you can send that to us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. And if you feel like you'd like to be a little bit more engaged with the show, why don't you become a Patreon member? Join the Soul Patrol. You can get ad-free. Soul Patrol? <laughs> I keep pushing it. Nobody nobody really be is Taylor it. Hicks? Well, you know, I thought it was a cool nickname, but every time I say it, I think about how flat it fell when he goes, Oh, Patrol! Yeah. Yeah. On American Idol, but we're cool in Taylor Hicks. Uh, are you gonna, He's a good dude. Are you going to talk about the comments? Is, did we talk yes, about we're that? about to get to that. But don't first, pay any attention. First, I want to thank our donors. So, Patreon, I'll tell you in a minute about how to become a Patreon member, but, but we, you can still <laughs> donate. One off, if you if you hear an episode or there's something that motivates you to open your wallet, you can still do that. You don't have to become a recurring donor. And that's what Dennis did last week. He sent us a very generous donation and said, this is because I'm commiserating with Windsor. I've had the same cough for weeks. Maybe we should both go to the vet. <laughs> oh, like Kramer? He's looking for sm- He's going to take smuckers. <laughs> nice. That's right. Wow, what a reference that was. Because the vet can cure all all kinds of species, oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. just not thank just you. one. That's awesome. So thank you, Dennis. And we do have some new Patreon members. Special thanks to Francis Fox and Miguel from the Motor City who joined us on Patreon. Here's how Patreon works. You just go to patreon.com, look for ML Soul of Detroit. For $5, that's the please let us get what we want level, you get ad-free versions of the podcast, and you can watch the podcast. The video is back. Big Mouth Strikes Again is our $15 level. You get ad-free content, ad-free videos, and a bonus episode, our very first bonus episode posted last week. Sign up and you can see that bonus episode, and uh, I believe all our bonus episodes once we put one up every single month. Work as a four-letter word is what we call our $25 donor level. You get an autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra, Musings on Lust, Life, and Leadership from the Mind of Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, and everything available at all the previous levels. I do want to say, too, if you like listening on, you know, say your Apple Podcast app, you can still um, do it and be part of Patreon and listen through that app. Oh, okay. Just so people know That's that. a good, good tip. Thank Excellent. you. And the handsome like devils that. that describes Mark and Sean for sure, but it also Not describes no, no, you two. Holding up the show here, it also <laughs> it also describes those people who give us sixty dollars a month who get all the previous benefits: ad free show, video version, autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra, and exclusive merchandise just for our handsome devil members. So uh, so sign up for that. 
And then there's a, you name your price. And if you kick something, I don't know, like maybe a hundred bucks a month, you can come and sit in, in the studio for a show and, and just, just feel energy, feel the love pouring off. Yeah. Maybe not this weekend or this week. Maybe, maybe give give me another week or two. So grumpy. Maybe another another week or two. Feeling better. So, um, okay. Uh, you heard some of that great music being played by, uh, uh, produced, played and engineered by Max Prokop of the Smiths United. They will be at the Kadju Cafe February 10th. Go check them out. And here's some more Max Prokop music with our feedback. Ken says, Sean's very Larry Wiggy-ish. <laughs> Larry what? Larry, Larry Wiggy. Wiggy. <laughs> Boy, that's a, that, is a, that is an old Drew and Mike reference. Larry Wiggy was a hockey writer. I want to say for the AP... And we used to have him on in the mid-90s. And every time we would call him, he was the most tired human being you would ever hear. So it became a it became a an adjective, Larry Wiggy tired. He'd be as tired as Larry Wiggy. And, okay, and so. I gotta say, that comment is pretty dead on. You've been okay. a little been a little burnt. You've been very under the weather. Wigged little, out, little burnt, you might burnt. say. Yeah. yeah. Struggling, but 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 coming through, I mean, performing under difficult circumstances. It's made me it's, laugh today. I mean, it's, yeah. it's appreciated. Oh, you mean with my writing? Thank you. <laughs> wow. Um, Sean, do you have any feedback? <laughs> Speaking of hockey. Um, yeah, I do. The holdovers is uh, is worth your time with Paul Giamatti. Oh, really? I Oh, boy. I started it and turned it off. Oh, of course. Do you want to know why? It was one of those movies. Because it's an adult movie? No, no, no. Because Pete Rose killed his daddy. It's a mature movie. Who wrote it? Alexander Payne. Yeah, yeah. Name? Yeah. Who did uh, the Descendants? Which I love that movie. He did uh, Sideways, right? Sideways too. Yes. He did Election, which is great with a young Reese Witherspoon. Fantastic movies. So I want to give the holdovers another chance, but it was one of those movies that I had to pay attention to, and I wasn't ready to pay attention. No, to it's an adult that, movie. Does that make you, sense? No, for sure, it's an adult movie. And you what does that be, mean? An adult movie? There's I mean, no nudity in it. No, you can't just watch pictures and understand what's going on. You got to listen and pay attention. That's what I. Well, mean. unlike in a more popular movie, which is the new Mission Impossible, which is on Paramount Plus now, and that thing fucking rules. And I didn't Wait, have to pay nearly the amount. What of do you mean the new Mission Impossible? You mean from last year? Yeah, part one. It finally hit streaming. Like, oh, so I, got, I see. I so I got see. to see it, but I didn't have your, to pay. Your buddy Carlos told me the other day in Allen Park while Brad Holmes, right before Brad Holmes went on his uh, whatever he did, yeah, that it was a terrible movie. But but this is a guy who thinks that the first Top Gun is much better than Maverick. So in the first, what? I know exactly. Well, the, okay, wait. The, the first, plot, the plot probably is better in the first one than the second. Well, one. there's no Absolutely. plot in the second one. The second one's just a fun. It's it's. The first one is, yeah, kind of awful. Wait, the second one, de- you, are you familiar with the term deus ex machina? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's an F-14 and, here. Yeah. Oh, and it's gassed up and ready to go. Oh, little, and we little, can start it. A little easy. Dude, come no, on. I know. Just but who cares? For, just for the yeah, no, exactly. fun characters, in exactly. the, and they're not even really okay. that Have you substantial guys, characters, but it's just the flying. Have you guys seen the Mission Impossible? I have. I enjoyed it. I have not. I love Issei, uh, uh, Issei Morales, the bad guy. What the hell is that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. great from so, from our youth in the movie Michael. Remember? He was great in the Ozarks. Sean P- he was great in Ozarks. I wanted more of him. But he- with Sean Penn when they were bad boys back in the 80s, maybe. Oh, yeah. Ne- by the way, uh, just pro tip, if you're ever in a detention facility and you're in danger, several cans of Coke in a pillowcase get you right through. So once again, terrible plot to that movie. 
and of course this is only part one, part two comes out, but I thought the plot was totally ridiculous, but oh my God, was I on board from the very beginning because oh, it's, so fun. it's, it's just it's, action movies uh, and, 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 and no, the train sure. scene is but, so ridiculous. But if you want to, if you want kind of a mature drama like the Hollywood used to make when we'd all go into hold, holdovers is terrific. Yeah, but you have to pay you, attention. So you know some movies you don't, you, some movies you can just have on and You know what else enjoy. is great and you need to pay attention to this a little bit is the, I think is the remake of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh yeah, with, it's uh, fun. Childish with Donald, Gambino. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's fun. Did they adopt yeah. a bunch of kids in this one? I, I'm I'm not sure. Anyway, that was our pop culture minute. Brought to you by who? Sean Windsor oh, in okay. the feedback you're supposed to read. Oh by, no, this is brought to you by Doctor Yaldo, so you can there watch you these shows. If you want to go see them at somebody else's house, drive over there in a vehicle from Zot Ford. And if you're not sure how you're going to pay for all this, you invest your money with Luke Nowacki. <laughs> and then you can get all the streaming services your heart desires, exactly, including the video of this show, which by you can get by becoming a patron. Yeah, no, but no, but kid, just take the camera off of me. Nobody wants to see me. But y'all, too. Well, in that case, handsome. Just incredibly good-looking uh, fellas. That's the $60 a month handsome devil level. You, too, can be a handsome as devil. It's just $60 a say, month. As my grandmother would say, you both look loverly. <laughs> Did you like that camera shot better? Be- beautiful people. You don't need me. Did she have a cleft palate? You don't need me don't on like a camera. That. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hi, guys. Michael Johnson. Wait, now we're actually. getting to the feedback. Okay. I the thought camera, Sean was in a hurry. Hi, guys. The camera, for those that aren't watching, Love is uncomfortably close to his face. Love the show. Love the show. <laughs> What I feel that the Red Wings could have made the call to to not fire uh, Sabaka. I guess that would be Mr. Al Sabaka. We did discuss Al Sabaka's firing and the lawsuit and the progress yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, recently. I, on the I show. think they had. Uh, yeah, I probably missed that show, which is not so bad. I think that they had very good reasons to do it. So that's his feedback. Oh, there's more. Sorry, he publicly. These are bullet points too. So just for emphasis, he publicly urinated in an open space at work with potential for other people to see it. That is, this is a fireable offense. It's not 1950 anymore. Did was did people pee in public in 1950? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they? Mm-hmm. Just yeah, uh, and uh, at 1950, as in 750 hours, yeah, and then, people uh, pee publicly and then, all the time. And then hitchhike. <laughs> Behavior that used to be accepted. What is going My boys, uh, you know, they... Okay, here we go, non-secretary. They... Uh, they <laughs> No, no, no. They learn to pee in public outside. That's how you do it in Alabama. There's no reason to potty train them. Okay. I, I don't know if we're going to... You know. have to be outside to be peeing in public. Yeah. Unless well, it's don't. like at a mall. You could be there. Well, uh, they're public, there are indoor public spaces all over the, the world. But are they pissing okay. in a fountain? No, in an office or whatever. I don't know. Right but on the... Right don't on bring the, your kids to work. Oh, no, no. They didn't do it. I'm just saying. But you could. You probably peed on carpet before. This isn't about me. This is not about. Is there more to the feedback? Uh, Behavior that used to be accepted is no longer accepted. Agreed. uh, As some people are more sensitive to such things. It's 2024. Uh, It's going to make me laugh. Dennis, we're going to need another donation. It's going to make me cough. Uh, You can complain about these people being snowflakes, (laughs) but the reality is times change. Okay, that's enough. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. That being said, he but he didn't a, pee in a. What public do you mean place. that being said? Huh? This what was not a public place. Said. This On was the other hand. This was this was. No, I agree with all those points made. Go ahead, ML. But Al, I do have a big however. Go Al ahead. did not pee in a public place. He he peed in a place that was not uh, accessible to the public. And not in a fact, bathroom. the eyewitness kind of saw him through a door. And as as Kevin, one of our listeners, said, also a, a Zamboni driver. 
people pee in the, in the snow pile all the time. I don't think that's an excuse either. But Al was not a low-level employee. He supervised 24 employees. Therefore, the standard is higher. But it's also his first strike. This is not Al's first offense. Officially, while the head of HR said neither of those incidents were involved in his firing, they could have played a non-official role in their decision. He was disciplined. Can I read this? Are we safe to read this? Well, you said you didn't want to read this. No, no, no. Is oh. this? Uh, no, yeah. seriously. What, what are our journalistic uh, obligations it's an, it's here? An email. This is the this feedback. is somebody's opinion. Opinion yeah. is protected by the First so Amendment. The free press got rid of comments. No, but I'm talking about our oh, own yeah. standards, not theirs, not their uh, rights. I'm talking well, about our it, own. We, standards. We've had Al on the show making his case, saying that this was right, this well, was then, a, a first time offense. This right. was something that he had a good record. That he was a good employee. He Sabaka was, not, was disciplined twice during his 51 years with the Red Wings. In 1987, he was suspended for 60 days for helping two women sneak into a concert. Huh. In 2006, he was suspended for two weeks over a phone call he made to a Detroit Tigers colleague that the company felt was inappropriate. Okay, so those three offenses over that over that period of time, if that's what you want to fire somebody for, fine. If well, they didn't fire him, they could have put him in a legally weaker position for discipline employee misbehavior in the future. So I think where Sean is going with this is we don't know what's in Al's personnel file. We don't know whether that those comments made by this listener are verifiable but uh, but my understanding is these were not cited as reasons for firing Al. So if he had problems in the past, and we don't know for sure that he did, and you don't use that as your predicate for firing him, then they're irrelevant. Right? Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's mm, mm, tough mm, to be more definitive than yeah. sure. Sure. Yeah, no, whatever you say. Mark, you, you had a... Oh, my God, I did. I forgot. Whatever. I forgot we are still doing this. Whatever you say. Um, Pat says he's worried about you, Sean. And then he says, I have an idea how to spend some of the Patreon cash, get Sean some multivitamins and support immune health. Feel like he's been sick for a month. Maybe mix in a case of Red Bull, too. I've never described him as high energy, but he seems to be extra low energy lately. Well, that's nice that... Uh that somebody notices a difference that I do I noticed it. I told you, I the first that, thing I said that, is that, how that, are you feeling? There is a base, you know, even though I'm not like Michael, you know, a little uh, chihuahua or whatever, barking all the time, but I, that, that there is a little bit of energy there. That's nice that somebody noticed that. I think maybe we'll get some emergency and put it in a can of Red Bull and just see what happens. You think so? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was just well, thank you. Out. Thank you for the concern. I was just, you I might say that. I was just yapping warms, like a chihuahua. As Jim Harbaugh would say, it warms the cockles of the heart. <laughs> Whatever that means. As Jim Harbaugh would say, see ya. I can't believe he's not taking his kid. So, Mark, you mentioned. Well, Mark mean, doesn't he's, care because he got his national title. And exactly. He's good. Yeah. Um, by the way, his kid chose to go somewhere else. Where did he, he go, Seattle? prove that somebody Seattle. else would hire him. Seattle, yeah. Mike, Mike McDonald, baby. who worked under his dad. Nepo baby, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't like getting the Gatorade on his on his cereal. Isn't, is a Nepo baby? Is that why he was the special teams coach of the year? Is that um... Nepo award winner? Okay, I mean that's just my observation. Right. Stephen Izzo, what? Stephen Izzo, <laughs> Stephen Izzo puts points up in four years. He finally got a bucket, and I think he may have the a whole the, the whole Nepo baby thing. Is I don't know. I think it's a lot overblown. Yes, people nepotism exists. People take full advantage of it, but sometimes. Those people are qualified. Sometimes. No? Sometimes. Well, I think Jay was qualified. Yeah, like didn't, Michael didn't, Douglas. Didn't his guys fumble a couple of uh, kicks against Ohio State? 
Sometimes they're teams, better. Isn't it? Name it? name the child ago. that's uh, more talented than the than the parent in the same field. Oh, really? Michael Douglas? No, no way. Oh yeah, he had maybe, more range than Kirk. Maybe Moises Alou Jr. For mm-hmm. sure, Moises Alou Jr. For uh, sure. How about Robert Davis Jr. in basketball? Well, the best basketball one is Steph Curry. That's not nepotism, though. Yeah, Steph Curry, but that's not nepotism either. Sport, sports doesn't really count because you get your job most of the time based on merit, right? No. Mm. So acting. Sorry, I'm trying to eat a oh, little. Oh, you sugar mean just our, acting? No. Our listeners. <laughs> sure. The best. My, one of my favorite parts of today's show was watching Sean gingerly open up this mason jar. It's got Reese's Some moonshine cups in it. Well, oh. Robert's ripping apart Island Park. I'm trying to get and to. All I can think of is you're, then you put the lid back on, and in my head, I'm going, don't put the lid back on. You're going to eat about five more of those. Just leave oh, the just lid Just a off, couple. And you'll be fine. No, there was no good place to put the lid without making a lot of noise. You put on the carpet. Boy, if I'm at home, I'm That's saying what Cyrus. Do. That's what Mike does. He pees saying, on the where's carpet. Where's Cyrus? No, people are worried about Sean. I'm okay. Thank you, though. Thank you. That means a lot. Uh, we do have a health update. Our friend Lori uh, shares this this uh, posting uh, on X from friend of the show, Rick Emmett, who says, I just finished my radiation today and got to ring the bell. For those who might not have been what? aware, I had a bout with prostate cancer. He seemed pretty healthy when he was on the show talking about his career and his, yeah, his new wow. memoir. That's Rocket Rip Rick Emmett, the uh, lead singer and guitar player for Triumph. For you gentlemen out there north of age 45 to 50, please do yourself a favor and get checked. Consider this a PSA to get your PSA checked. (laughs) And for those of you who are over 50, there is a new way to check your prostate. So if you are a little intimidated about having a a doctor with very large hands checking your prostate, there's other ways. They don't use the whole hand. It's just a finger. Yeah, I mean. It's all right. Maybe your doctor doesn't. Really? You need the whole hand, huh? Yeah. 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 Sean, Sean's like, yeah, my doctor. I prefer just, it. You prefer the whole hand. He oh, just uses hand. the finger and then he lights some incense and puts on some Al What's weird about that? Al I was thinking more like Jamiroquai. <laughs> hey, Jamiroquai is a, a little too upbeat for somebody who's yeah. probing around yeah. in, your, in your colon. I'm not. What are you talking about? It's an upbeat experience. It's not like it's a low key thing where you're falling asleep. That's more of a damn near kill them experience. I don't you know what I mean? like that. No. So, but get, uh, I mean, take it yeah. from Rick Emmett. Get checked. So that's that's that. Um, we have another piece of uh, feedback. I'm going to hold off no, on this yeah, till we'll next know. week because it's going to be relevant then too. Uh, before we jump, the free press disabled its comments, and I'm curious. Yeah, I want to know, I wanna know think what you guys that. think about that. I love it. I hate the comments. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there are lots of, there's lots of praise in the comments, which I guess some people really like. Some reporters feel like they get leads for stories from the comments. Uh, I don't know whether that's true because I don't read them because there's also so much vitriol in there that I just don't want to expose myself to that. Not vitriol directed at me. I don't care about that. Obviously, Sean has done a good job of conditioning me, but, when Kwame Kilpatrick what? was personal attacks, called a Chihuahua, been called a... no, but the Chihuahuas are cute, fun dogs, and they're very loyal. Well, that's how you meant it. Uh, and they ever, and they talk. Anybody ever seen a Chihuahua before? Even the Taco Bell ones annoying. No, I took my kids to a Chihuahua movie when they were little. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, it sounds uh, like a great memory. Oh, it was a fun. It was a fun. Uh, mo- it was a fun movie. What did? Yeah. Okay, before Sean takes us into uh, his cinematic endeavors, when Kwame Kilpatrick gave his final State of the City, the one that really, really finished him off, he talked about, I've never been threatened so much in my life. I've never heard the N-word used more in my life, blah, 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 blah. And I talked to the late Bob Berg, who was his spokesman and who wrote the speech that Kilpatrick was supposed to deliver. He kind of freelanced a lot of it. And I said, Bob, if people are threatening the mayor, we need to know about that because we'll report about that. We don't we don't cotton to that. We don't want anything like that to happen. And who are these people hurling epithets at the mayor and cursing him and using racial terms? If people are doing that, we'll write about that too. And in the end, after a long animated conversation, Bob told me the mayor got that from comments at the end of your stories. So God, yeah. So no one threatened him. No one called him that directly, but there were knuckleheads saying stuff like that at the end of our stories and more. Well, and the talk is the reason the freep got rid of it was they were trying to clean that up and it just became, I don't know, futile and too expensive Uh, business decision. That's all. Is is that true? Yeah, I think so. It was a Gannett decision. It wasn't a free press decision. It was a Gannett decision. Yeah. Well, if, and they if don't want to pay to moderate me, the comments. If you ask me whether I'd rather have somebody looking at comments on stories that we've done to try and remove garbage, or I'd rather have that person reassigned Without to do doubt. stories. Without a doubt. More reporters, less moderators, and, and this there's, is... There's still ways to give feedback. You can still write letters to the editor. They still. I've noticed that they, they've been printing a lot more, at least online, or it's moved up. I'm not sure I always like some of the letters to the editor they're published. But, but the, uh, the, um, to those reporters who feel like, oh, we're going to miss out on all these tips, after this column last Sunday, I got an email from somebody who said, hey, you might want to look into this. Normally, I would post this in the comments, but you don't have the comments anymore, yeah, so I'm telling good. you. So I actually found it easier to get a tip yeah. than to scan through row after row of relevant, irrelevant, nasty, laudatory comments. Uh, I guess a short way of saying, or a long way of saying, good job. Yeah, I don't agree at all. Oh, okay. That's a a short way of saying you don't agree. No, I I think it's short-sighted. I think people, it makes people, look, I get it. There's a lot of crap in there, but I think it's worth the pay to moderate it. Um, I, I really do. I think it's it's people feel connected. You know how many email I've got six emails. Now look, I know it's just people from are getting angry in the last week on a couple of columns that say they're canceling their subscriptions again. They maybe are not, but the but it's a conversation the community has in real time, and uh, and I and I think that's valuable. But I just see I disagree because as an avid comment reader, I never felt like it was that exactly as socially- an avid comment reader yeah people all that's another part of this people like like reading the comments i felt like it served even if it's just even if it's just uh uh we're stopping rubbernecking right i mean you know what i mean that's probably why you did it i didn't that's exactly why i did it i don't consider it i mean that's one thing if you want the clicks on the comments for click i guess and by the way i never read i don't feel like it served any like social uh, purpose or no, any, but there's no there's no, no legitimate decision was, people no, i know my point to what you were just saying though there was no legitimate conversations going on in the comments no, but in our paper no unfortunately not you, you ever go read the comments the the post to some degree the new york times especially or the atlantic whatever you go read comments on some of these stories they actually have real really interesting conversations it's 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 different and i know we're not going to ever have that but still, I felt like it served. Uh, but, that's, uh, but that's why you do. I felt like people felt connected to it. 
and it's just so if they're making a business decision. They want to pay the moderators. I, felt I think like that's short sighted. I felt like it was the same people commenting over and over. Maybe and over. so, but if they every pay single section devolved into Trump versus Biden, every I don't single know. it's just it's just like taking a certain product out of the grocery store. I, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I think uh, fuck it, man. People ought to be able to handle that. Yeah, but if, if the product of the grocery store is poison, I mean, do you really need? No, to it's that? not poison. And by the way, I I I didn't look at the comments. I know I have a colleague. Uh, I, I won't name his name, but I do a podcast with him who loved who <laughs> loved the comments who loved the comments loved them because he makes his living more or less trolling. And he got a thrill going in and reading all the anger directed at him. Well, he, he thought put, somehow that many was doing his job. Which those, was, those people can email him now. Mm, mm, I don't know that they will. Anyway. Yeah, because it was all bullshit. I don't know that they will. But anyway, we just have different opinions on it, so it's all right. ML? I, I don't have any comment. <laughs> I'm disabling my comments. <laughs> Yeah, I. Uh, you know what, uh, Mark? You're exactly right. There's. Uh, w- was it a, a? What's the shit that you uh, you now have to go to the pharmacist to get it because they were turning it into meth? Oh, pseudoephedrine. Yeah, there's all kinds of shit that they sell at the grocery store that can be misused. So uh, I'm I'm fine with that. There's there's lots of social media out there, and yeah, we, we especially if it costs you money and you're not getting anything in return. I'm, but I think they are. Business. But, you know, we'll see. Well, sense of community. Well, I, I guess. And, maybe, and people that might buy our paper for them. Well, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I can't prove that. But Maybe what we're doing is encouraging people to go out and see another person. If they can't uh, <laughs> well, pull some the, shit online, maybe they'll go talk to another human being. I once know, again, I would I love know, to see the metrics on how many different people commented. Because you could. Uh, when I oh, start, no, that's the I same. Start recognizing names, it's like. Oh my no, God, for sure. Especially in some topics. Well, in, uh, in, in Michigan, anytime you write about Michigan, Michigan State, it devolves and it's not even about what you've written. Every story devolves into Trump versus Biden. Every single well, it's one. the same with Spartans, Wolverines, and you know they. And those hate, even oh. devolve into Trump versus Biden. Yeah, they do a little it's bit. Ridiculous. Yeah, they're more. Yeah. It's pointless. The cost that it costs. I mean, forget about the financial cost. The, even like the, the cost of the negativity in there just isn't worth it. So these people can keep commenting. I thought it got a lot better after we started moderating, but it used to be awful. Michael, tell you before any of this. You write about the city. Back when I was a news person, if I wrote a news site, if I wrote about the city, I'd, sure enough, I'd come in in the morning. I'm talking about Detroit specifically, uh, although Flint was similar too. If I'd come in in the morning and there were three or four voicemails that had been left in the middle of the night with the kind of language and racist crap, you just couldn't imagine. And so I get it. Some of that just transferred to the comments until moderators came in and started cleaning that yeah. up. I do miss the voicemails, though. Schaefer got one of the best ones ever after a, a Kilpatrick story where some guy calls us, some old guy calls him and says, hunting ain't so fun when the rabbits got the gun. <laughs> <laughs> you got to save all those, oh, save God. all those messages. Well, Mike's an email guy. Oh, why, don't and I tell, got, why don't you tell Mark about the email you sent me and uh, maybe Schaefer. I, I don't recall. I got it. We're almost out of time here, folks. Yeah. But I did get a night garter boys. That's how it started out. I did <laughs> I did get a a voicemail at Fox Two where twenty somebody, years ago? I remember that somebody was ripping my apart uh, my reporting apart, and the last line they had was, "And you know you're no Charlie Laduff." Oh, like, damn! Ooh. People were people were taking shots. Nighty night garter boys. <laughs> it was from boys. Charlie. I got no, it. no, it wasn't for Charlie. You want, you want to know what the rest of the email was, Mark? Yeah, yeah I would love to. Nighty night, Garter Boys. Cyrus, take us out. I got an anaconda in my pants, and I got to go wrestle with it. What's wrong with that? Nothing. 
I mean, besides the blatant lie. <laughs> the blatant lie. The wrestling part? Well, unless I'm he a, literally had a snake in his pants. I'm I'm I I'm a fan of herpetology. <laughs> okay. All right. Are, are your children done? I called for Cyrus so long ago. I think he'd given up on Thanks us. Thanks for waking me up, by the way. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Until next week, then. Thanks for listening. And cheerio from Hollywood.